0: The
1: Cut. The Cut. The Cut. The Cut. The Cut. The Cut. So, this is it. It's officially been a year. An entire year under COVID. And a bad, hard year for almost every single person in the world. And this is not the pain Olympics or anything, but producer B.A. Parker has really been through it and this week she just wants to get away
0: towards the end of last year i had to go to a gynecologist i hadn't gotten my period in two months and i knew i wasn't pregnant and as i sat there i was asked by the doctor if i had any stressors aside from the world imploding let's see You've got a pandemic, a racial uprising, global warming's kicking our ass, there's the election, work is giving me a stomachache, I can't visit my family, and my dad, on Christmas, died from COVID. So, yeah, I've got stressors. But I didn't realize that that could cause my body to just say, no. Let me tell you, I have six calming apps on my phone. I do Reiki, I go to virtual church, I talk to my therapist. But none of these things have been able to counteract all the stress. This past year almost broke me. For months, I've been feeling like a malfunctioning cell phone that needs to be submerged in a bowl of rice, assuaged from all this, whatever this is. So I decided to try to get away. I wanted to get out of my head, away from everything. So I went to a sentry deprivation tank. Granted, my only real context for a sentry deprivation tank is the Simpsons.
1: Ah, this is kind of relaxing,
0: but it's so hard to turn off my brain. The one where Homer and Lisa lay down in those covered water tanks and go on these spiritual journeys to understand one another. I have to stop thinking starting now hey it worked (laughs) oh no that's thinking so surely i would reach some kind of spiritual enlightenment clearing my head of all unnecessary thoughts and that i would talk to my ancestors or come up with the next tesla
2: notice your thoughts but don't stay preoccupied with them because like weird things are gonna
0: gonna like pop up cut writer allison p davis tried to tank a while back and wrote an article about it, gave me some pointers.
2: If you just sort of like relax and breathe, you end up in this fugue state anyway, where like no thoughts are sort of real. I really do imagine this is like what we were like, like we were just floating around that ambiotic fluid or whatever, like you're not really thinking anything coherent. It's just sort of like whispers of emotions and you're in this weird, like half waking, half sleeping place. And it's it's super relaxing because of that.
0: I can relax. I can totally relax. I need this. I can relax, damn it. And then Allison gave me this warning.
2: So I'm in the clamshell pod, but I had this crazy weave at the time. And as you know, this is like a lot of extra hair on top of your hair. So like the salt water got, because it's so much salt to to keep you floating. Mm -hmm. It like my hair absorbed it. So my head kept slipping under like the whole time I was like like struggling to keep my head from like submerging basically and like me drowning and I couldn't like get into the situation because I was like oh no if I relax my neck I'm going to drown (laughs) because of my (laughs) fucking hair so like make sure you pull your hair back and tight maybe braid it you know and then go to town
0: great so I go into this knowing that basically gravity is racist. Got it. Hi. <laughs> oh, <hi.
3: laughs>
0: At the sensory deprivation place, I slid my shoes into a little cubby and sat near a woman who was drinking the citrus-infused water and journaling. Then told to watch a video instructing me to rest easy in the tank, but like, "Don't drown. And I was just laying there, naked, floating in an enclosed bathtub full of Epsom salt, wincing at the hidden cuts that I'd missed when I was applying the required Vaseline to hangnails and mask me. The only thing I could compare it to was the screensaver on an old DVD player, where the emblem would bounce from edge to edge, I'd slowly drift from each corner noticing my reflection above me, thinking about work that I needed to finish, and how my thigh gap looked like the Star Trek logo, and how I didn't want to doze off for fear that I'd miss the signal to get out of the tank, and the guy from the front desk would see me passed out, naked in a drain tub, covered in salt. I wanted to do a good job, and I wasn't sure if I did it right. Like, was I supposed to be changed by this experience? How long were the effects supposed to last? I asked the receptionist on my way out. Any advice for stepping out into the world again?
3: Uh enjoy it.
0: And there was a moment where I did enjoy it. I felt compelled to talk in a whisper. The noises outside were crisper, and I loved the feeling of this windy day in Brooklyn. That feeling lasted from the front door of the century deprivation place. To the subway station. When I made it down the stairs, and immediately saw a person with their face mask below their nose. My four block long victory swiftly became a failure. It was like I hadn't just spent a hundred bucks and an hour and a half of my life literally marinating in my own thoughts. I don't know why I can't get out of my head. I just got in my own way. To stop thinking about all of the panic and the loneliness and the cruelty and the heartache that's come from this past year. That would be great. And that led me to my next questionable idea to try to get away and escape from my own head.
2: So I just kind of started like microdosing over the summer, like, and usually with friends, sometimes by myself, but like not super, super
0: often. Corinza Cadenas is senior culture editor for The Cut and my friend to exchange late-night texts with about Dawson's Creek. And I've always thought of her as this cool girl who does cool shit, like casually microdosing as a treat.
2: Because it was a way to like kind of take me out of my own head and also like was surprisingly fun. Like I had some friends who were like, I can't believe you're doing mushrooms this much. And I was like, yeah, me either.
0: This whole conversation led me to wonder, Parker, are you going to try mushrooms? You, who had yet to figure out how to function when you get just the faintest bit stoned. You, who get drunk, only to text your mom at 3 a.m. to tell your lover. You are going to use recreational drugs? Also,
2: you and I just need to go see a movie at Syndicate, and I will pass on an edible to you.
0: So I was going to take an edible and go to an outdoor movie. Okay. Cool. I'm bad at taking edibles. Like, really bad. Last March, at the start of the pandemic, I tried edibles. I took six of them in two hours because I didn't know you weren't supposed to do that. And I managed to have every awful thought that I've ever had in the world. God hates me. I'm going to die alone. What's the point of the universe if the sun is going to burn out? Fun stuff like that, all in the span of six minutes. And I forgot how to walk downstairs. And yet somehow, doing it again didn't seem terrible because it's that thing you immediately think of when you think about a temporary escape. And Karenza would be there. I'd be okay. I'd be with a friend who knew her shit. I like never eat the full edible until I like know if it's one I like
2: or I like can't handle or like whatever.
0: Now I'm not promoting drug use here, but I'm not condemning it either. I'm just a girl in two face masks going to an outdoor movie in the freezing cold, to hang out with a co-worker she's seen every day on Zoom but has never physically met, take an edible, and not think about her dead dad for a couple hours.
2: Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> oh, that's
0: so cool. We watched Hitchcock's Vertigo, and Karenza gave me a tiny edible, like a Thumbelina piece of a cookie.
2: You get the one with the little tiny bit of frosting on it. Like, oh, I haven't tried this one. Mm, tastes like weed.
0: And it was a slow burn. <laughs> the subtitle scared me.
3: I'm sorry. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> Everything was fine. My butt was frozen to my chair, and it was great. Then I got in the car share home. And mid-ride, completely forgot where I was going. Which is scary. I crashed on my bed, and I woke up 13 hours later. I guess that was an escape. It also feels like a coma, and altogether unsustainable, possibly unethical, and illegal, depending on the state. But then, a friend told me about another option to escape out of my own head. A way that doesn't involve expensive tanks and drugs. Just an entirely new reality created by sheer force of imagination. After the break. Trying to get out of my head, to escape from the woes of pandemic life, has felt like this uphill battle. Each attempt was more fraught than the next. And then my friend and fellow producer, Alice Wilder, started sending me these TikTok videos. They were of teenagers doing something called shifting
1: yo,
4: reality shifters, if you want to shift, listen the fuck up. All my
3: shifters, stop scrolling for a hot sec. I'm probably going to change your life.
4: If you don't know, I shifted for the first time last night. Very exciting. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Guys, I think I just may have shifted. I don't know if that actually just happened. Like, it feels so surreal. Like,
0: Alice just stumbled across this whole new world on TikTok.
3: I had a video come across my For You page on TikTok that was like, how to reality shift? Like, here's the top methods. And I was like, excuse me? Like, what?
0: These scenes will script out a scene with a whole plot and characters, often ripped from a book or a movie, and then go there.
3: There is this well-established, I don't know what to call it, like, practice, I guess, that mostly teenagers have taken on of sort of meditating in a way that gets them to, they believe, mentally shift to the reality of their choosing. They
0: essentially try to manifest that world until they fall asleep. And in the sleep, they enter the reality that they've scripted. It's kind of like intentional daydreaming that becomes sleep dreaming.
3: And basically the idea is that like you shift from your current reality to your desired reality
0: Shifters refer to this desired reality as your DR,
3: and your CR is this is your current reality. So your DR is where you want to go. So like, a lot of it's about Harry Potter. So they'll be like, oh my god, I just shifted and like I went to Hogwarts and I played WOP for Professor Snape and he was like so horrified, like he hated it. Oh my god, Draco smelled so good. Basically, this is like the the community of like people who are shifting. It's not just Harry Potter. It's like Twilight. It's like anime. It's you know, the Hunger Games, which, like, why would you want to shift to the Hunger Games? It's literally a dystopia. Like, there's
0: no one shifting into, like, Pride and Prejudice. I don't even know where I would want to shift to. I love that you didn't go, oh, this is bullshit, and just went straight to where would I go? I,
3: I respect the, like, process. I guess part of me is, like, you know, I think it's, it's like a wild concept. So would you recommend me trying it? yeah. I mean, what's the worst case scenario? These YouTubers who I watch use safe words. So I don't know. Pick your safe word, Parker. Banana bread. Alice and I decided that as a
0: cool zennial and an old ass millennial, respectively, we were going to try to shift, but we needed a little guidance toward our desired realities. You know, totally normal stuff
4: infinite realities among our own and it can be hard to believe due to the fact that we can't comprehend infinity but do know that an alternate version of ourselves exists in every single one of them
3: okay so I interviewed this youtuber named Kristen she's a first-year college student and her channel is amazing she gives like very frank advice about shifting and lots of commentary on it too she shifts to this anime called my hero academia
4: I actually shifted to something called a waiting room which is a place between your current reality and your desired reality and I picked it based off of like an anime. I like Victorian like Victorian manners and Victorian era stuff. So I just picked a room that was like that themed and I was like, "Okay, I'm going to wake up there. I'm going to have a butler and like they're going to wake me up and they're going to serve me tea." And that's literally what happened cuz I didn't expect <laughs> it. I and I this dude walked in and I was like, who are you? And, like, they're full He's like, I work for you. <laughs> yeah, that's exact. He's like, I work for you. What? And I was like, N- I didn't hire you. What do you mean? And he looked, and then what I... What kind had- of tea did you have? Um, it was called Earl Grey. It tastes so good.
0: I gotta say, this has something going for it. It didn't cost anything. It wasn't illegal. And like the other things I had tried, it did not seem very grown-up very Brooklyn and kind of elitist. It felt more like these kids had managed to find a cheat code by escaping through their own minds. Plus Earl Grey. Real or not, I wanted what they had.
3: I love When Harry Met Sally and, like, it's my, it's my comfort movie. Like, I wanted to shift to, like, the wedding reception at the very end. I just like the idea of, like, being at this big festive wedding reception, like puffy sleeves, and all of my friends there, you know, just getting to like dance and like celebrate something good happening.
0: My desired reality. That sounds swell, actually. With a script and a chant and a nap, I could wake up in a Snowden log cabin by a frozen lake, listening to Train while eating waffles with Daniel Kaluuya. So Alice and I exchanged voice memos over the course of a couple weeks trying to chronicle our process of learning to shift.
3: I tried shifting last night (laughs) Um, using I think what they call the raven method which is where you lay in like a starfish shape and then you count up to 100 and then down from 100 and nothing happened. But, sorry, Um, it was A wild experience, like, my limbs felt really heavy, and I felt this, like, tingling, like, in my forehead, like, between my eyes.
0: I think the tingling is just your third eye.
3: Okay, I'm going to try again tonight, and I'm going to remember to record a voice memo after. All right, so too much
0: of my scripting already has been me describing a living room in the cabin, I'm like, so it's open concept and you can see the kitchen is right behind the living room so you can see everything and there's a fireplace and it's like, there's all rows of
3: windows. You're supposed to like breathe in and out and then intersperse affirmations like, I have shifted, I'm in my desired reality, I can smell my desired reality, like I can, You know, when I wake up, I will be in my desired reality. So, yeah, I did not, I did not shift, and then I was like frustrated that I was not shifting.
0: So I have my script next to me and I'm gonna... Adjust my pillows. All right. One, I'm going to shift, two, I'm going to shift, three, I'm going to shift.
4: Do you like this reality? No, not at all. I, I absolutely <laughs> do not like it. You know, in this life, I can't really be what I want because I don't really know what I want. Everything here just seems so boring. It's always been boring to me and like monotone. So over there, I can have the life I want. I can help people. I can, you know, have a career that I actually enjoy. And I don't have to worry about the money because, you know, like I just care about the career and I can be truly happy. And that is why, like when I heard about shifting, I was like, OK, that And I, I actually fell into the trap of like trying to use it for escapism But I realized that was also probably the reason that I wasn't shifting because I was just so obsessed with just that's the only thing that matters in my life now. And you try to literally escape this reality. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people automatically trying to cancel out this reality. And you can't do that. Like this, I mean, this world is hella traumatic if I do say so myself. You have to accept it in order to move on or to be able to go wherever you want.
0: All this time, I kept thinking about ways to escape. And that somehow was preventing me from actually escaping. I was so focused on needing to get away to my desired reality now. Because then this past year can finally fade away. What I'm actually looking for is something smaller, something that looks a lot like relief. It's been a year. Over 500,000 are dead in the US, and none of us have had time to grieve. So focused on the future, when restaurants and movie theaters can open at full capacity, that we haven't been allowed to just sit in the loss, to process what is ongoing. I have to face my current reality every day, and it sucks. And I think trying to figure out what can sustain us right now is a noble pursuit. Because I need something. We all need something. And even if the tank, the edibles, and the shifting didn't quote-unquote work for me, at least I got a nap out of it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: This episode was written and produced by B.A. Parker, along with The Cut team, Allison Behringer, Jasmine Aguilera, and me. Executive produced by Stella Bugbee and Hannah Rosen, with editorial support from Nishat Kirwa. Mixed and scored by Brandon McFarland. Special thanks to Alice Wilder, Karinza Cadenas, Marion McCune, Patrick De Silva, Dr. Inga Saifa-Grinka, and Rochelle Au. We are a production of The Cut and New York Magazine. Subscribe today to support all of their work at thecut.com slash subscribe. I'm Avery Truffleman. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.